P.S. You're Wrong, the podcast where we talk trash about the things people love to hate and hate to love. And it's still Shelby, but I brought in reinforcements with my sister, Laura. (laughs) I don't regret doing that. (laughs) You should have done a clicker noise. Oh, I have that on my things to talk about. I think I'm good at it. I watched the HBO making of. Right. Yeah, I did too. And it and was they so like dramatic. make a big deal about the woman being like the best clicker noisemaker. And I'm like glad she originated it and they brought her back from the game for the show. But I I think I could do it. <laughs> I I agree. I think you could and I think I could and frankly I think that anybody could. <laughs> Because it's just really reminiscent of, you know, the grudge. So I just feel that anyone Um, from our generation, you know. I thought of World War Z. Oh, interesting. But they do more of the... Yeah, I guess that's true. (laughs) They, I guess, yeah, if they're doing, like, actual clicking stuff. And I guess grudge is like... And the clickers were like... Yeah, clickers are higher. They're higher in the throat. But then they also had like a dude come on and do it. Yeah, Mr. Miss Clicker. <laughs> Anyways, we're here to talk about The Last of Us. <laughs> um, the Last of Us is a HBO show that's based on a video game. I don't know. Did you have any knowledge of the video game's existence? No, not at yeah. all. <laughs> I will say that video games are really having their moments. Or maybe oh, they've always Mario, had their moment. Because of Mario Kart, the movie. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. No, but, um, you know, just like Mythic Quest on Apple TV. Not that it's a popular TV show, but it's all about making a movie or it's video game kind of like The Last of Us, where you see like the actors actually acting out these video game things. And like there's directors and like there's set design stuff for video games. And then, Uh like, Tomorrow and Tomorrow and Tomorrow is all about, like, the stories behind video games. Mm. And I don't know. I just – I have never been a video game person at all. A a gamer, Laura. It's not a video game person. It's a gamer. Oh, my God. I'm sorry to be so (laughs) offensive to everyone. I've never been a gamer. Um, I'm a hacker. I'm not a nerd. (laughs) Classic. Classic. Anyway, I've never really been a gamer, but honestly, this TV show has been like, oh, should I start gaming? <laughs> <laughs> if they have these interesting storylines, like maybe. Yeah. Well, I too, we come from a household of uh, nothing but Mario Kart. Um, That's not true. So- Don't you remember playing <sighs> the World War II shooter? Game. Call of Duty, yeah. No, it was yes. not Call of Duty. It was like old school on GameCube. I think it's oh Medal of Honor. That's what it was called. And oh it was yeah, World War Two, and then also the Lord of the Rings games. You if you had let me those. finish, if you had let me finish, I was gonna oh say until we were older. <laughs> and okay. that was mainly that was our bad. brothers buying those games and playing them. It wasn't like you're right. It wasn't like a family <laughs> institution, but you're correct. Right, there was right, some exposure. Right. And then Rob got into Zelda in the new oh, iteration. Right. I've also played What's Mario Odyssey, a very fine, oh. and Luigi's Mansion. So 
I am a gamer now. Um, But when this show was announced, Rob was like, oh, yeah, I've watched the gameplay. And I was like, what? And it's like. (laughs) Nerd. (laughs) Yeah, because the thing about The Last of Us that I've heard probably every episode sitting watching it with Rob is that it's a really narrative video game. And it's not like Zelda and it's not like Mario Odyssey and it's definitely not like Mario Kart and it's not like um, (laughs) (laughs) Call of Duty. It's very different in that it's like there's a big narrative chunk to it. And that's why they had like the Mm. actors doing these big, um, like they have these scenes in between your action. Like you'd have like five to 10 minute scenes this is all hearsay. Oh. I'm not taking responsibility for anything I've been told that's incorrect. But basically, <laughs> you'll play a little bit of the like first person shooter and surviving the the non-zombie mushrooms and cordyceps. Yeah, cordyceps. And then you get this little narrative. So you do have the same character arcs, these stories. And so a lot of it is like cinematic. And so oh. that is part of why when this show was announced, people were like, oh, why do we need this? Like, this show's already a movie enough. Like, they're just going to ruin it. Like, it's not going to be as good. <laughs> <laughs> we respect all, all people. <laughs> oh, just kidding. Sorry. Yeah. I mean, their points were so valid because yeah. <laughs> video game was like a movie. <laughs> I see you. Yeah. And I will say, like, one thing watching this is... After every episode, if you get on Twitter or TikTok, there are like these scene by frame by frame comparisons of the game versus the movie. Yes. And I was like, oh why are we? This is so literal that it's like, does is the show good or is the game just good? You know? Oh, I think it's both. Why does it have to be an either or? Well, because they're copying and pasting entire okay. scenes and direction. No, 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 no. no. I mean, I guess they do that in some regards, but I think what makes a TV show worthwhile is that they have opportunities to develop character arcs in much greater detail and like more emotionally than the video game does, which is episode three, like the beautiful queer (laughs) love story. Like that was not part of the video game, really. Yes. Like there's, you know, little hints to it like the subtext was there in the video game apparently (laughs) again yeah this is all just what I've read but (laughs) it was able like the tv show was able to expand on that and so I do think that there's real merit to the tv show and I do think that the director and actors and the screenwriters for the tv show have put their own artistic spin on the already very good video game I hear you. I see you. I agree with you. I think this is a great show. Thank you. And I think in that making of HBO, they mention like, oh, we already like the actors of the game video game are like, why would you do this as a movie? And he's like, well, because as a TV show, because it's like some people will never play the game and they wanted to share the story again. And um, I agree with that sentiment. I mean, the creator of the game, he was a huge part of a collaborator with the director and tv show producer um so there definitely was names no idea (laughs) (laughs) sorry guys i don't know your (laughs) neil Druckmann is the game designer i don't know the director of the show in particular um there's only one man in my mind that's of importance for this tv show (laughs) (laughs) cannot wait to talk about (laughs) but anyways um (laughs) 
I do think it was kind of like everyone's like, oh my gosh, this is the best. This is the best video game um, adaptation we've ever seen. And it's like, well, it's impossible to compare it because it's like totally like there was something there for them to copy, you know? So it's like it's less of a flex than making a good Mario movie. And we'll see if they pull that off this summer. Um <laughs> Because there's nothing I know, really I keep there. I keep forgetting that that's a real thing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Or yeah. like Battleship. It's like that's not good because the source material is not good. Obviously, that's a toy more than a video game. But or like my Clue. point is, yeah, there was like and there's Sonic, a good there's good bones here. And um, yeah. And so they pulled it together nicely. And on top of it, HBO Max, they do a great sh- job with their shows and the aforementioned cast, um, Pedro mm-hmm. Pascal. <laughs> <laughs> yes um sorry your question was do i want to talk about daddy <laughs> yeah don't ever say that in front of me again <laughs> i mean yeah i definitely want to talk about him i think he does such a good job in this show like yeah. so well done like like the peppery gray uh, so... hair and the Oof. sad eyes. Oh. Is that what you're talking about? Yeah. <laughs> the gruffness. Mm, just everything about it is just mm, so good. <laughs> Laura, if he was uh, a woman and we were talking about him like this, people would be so upset. Okay. I am not. <laughs> I'm just saying he is an attractive person. And I saw something that I was like, yes, this explains him. It was like a tweet okay. that said, like, Pedro Pascal is the one celebrity that actually likes women. And that's why he's so attractive. <laughs> and I'm like, honestly, I see that. Like, he doesn't <laughs> hate women. Like, there was this interview of him and, like, the interviewer had these really beautiful nails. And he's like, oh, my God, let me oh, see yeah. your nails. And that was when someone was like, wow, he actually likes women. <laughs> yeah. Compared no. to, like, other male celebrities that, you know. It's I know kind of whether or not they like women. Yeah, the bar is on the floor, so but he is risen above it. That's it. for sure. Yeah, I he's, he's I lovely. think yeah, he seems like a nice guy. He's definitely aged like fine wine. Like you look at older oh stuff he's been in, and it's like whatever. Now he's, he's like, in this keep glow your mustache, face. dude. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I do think it's the mustache. I do think his facial hair like really makes his face Laura look better. Is a big mustache person. Um, so I if you're listening to this, am. you have a mustache and you're single, slide into her DMs and she'll answer. <laughs> Hello. <laughs> She's not wrong. <laughs> I will say, um, so I live in DC now, you know, and the men here who have mustaches are just, they give off creepy, like, conservative <laughs> think tape vibes. Like, I want an outdoorsy mustache gruffness, you know, like. Okay. Joel. And we'll add that to the show notes. Oh. Um, okay. Please perfect. don't bother getting there if your mustache is creepy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, gross. Get out of here. <laughs> Anyways, let's talk about the show. So, uh, when did okay. you start? Why did you start? What's your thoughts? Okay, I started. Um, I think I started watching it once episode two came out. Mm. and so I started kind of early but not like the earliest you know um and I went into it completely blind I had no idea what it was about (laughs) like literally no idea just that it was a video game adaptation and so when I all of a sudden saw this old lady 
on the ground <laughs> chewing out her daughter's neck and then scrambling towards these people i was like wtf what is this show this is horrific <laughs> um but then i just got sucked in because the story was so good um so that that's how that's when i started watching what about this you like did is, you yeah, were you anticipating this yeah, it was like okay. I think Rob saw an ad for it during one of our other HBO watches. What came out right before this? There was another good HBO show, The White Lotus. Oh yeah, yeah. Rob obviously knew the game, so he was excited for it. He was like, "Oh yeah, it's like a zombie game. You'll like it." So we watched the first episode. Um, it's definitely like I think the way people pitch it when no one has experience with the game is sort of like you have to power through episode one and then it changes dramatically because episode one is sort of your quintessential like zombie introductory hour-long storyboard um you have Pedro (laughs) you have his daughter played by Thandi Way Newton's clone child and mm-hmm. and it's just sort of this like oh something weird's happening in the background and then you start to realize like it's a um, flesh eating flesh controlling biting <laughs> monstrous <laughs> disease Bye-bye. yeah and you know that okay. is something i liked is this like in the first few episodes they did sort of these um short kind of stunty like clips like the first clip of the show is this 1960s talk show where a guy's like I'm not scared about this or that I'm scared about fungi and everyone laughs and then he goes on to give this really scary monologue about how (laughs) fungus can like control uh, can infect like an ant population control their bodies and just eviscerate the entire population and and take control of it all and he's like that could happen in humans if it gets too warm type thing dun 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 played by Oof, i know i forgot his name who but was it the mummy guy oh yeah it's it's evie's brother in the mummy yeah yeah <laughs> sexual um, he's obviously both. been another thing yeah okay not his character though gross vomit. we liked him <laughs> i mean we thought I like everyone him, in that like, movie was compared- hot Okay, yeah, we, we thought were, everyone in that like, movie was hot. We would talk about it all moments. the time. Okay, we definitely did not think that the friend who we thought Brandon him, was hot, the though. Egyptian, and Brendan Oof. Fraser were so hot. Yeah. Anyways, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. <laughs> <laughs> it doesn't matter. He gave this interview, and what's crazy? I didn't realize this. Is, like cordyceps are like actually a real thing. Like oh yeah, in our present day and age, and like they actually do this to ants. And yeah. that is terrifying. Yeah. Like, terrifying. <laughs> so I think they set the show really well, of like, this talk show, and you're like... I'm just confused what you thought the show was about with that starting it. Like, didn't I you mean... expect a fungus-eating, disease-ridden woman to eat someone eventually in that opening episode, <laughs> given that context? <laughs> I mean, one, I think I was a little bit distracted by this fun cameo. <laughs> okay. <laughs> and then two, I think I was like listening, but I was I was more in this mind of like, oh no, another pandemic show. Like, is this oh. gonna be like <laughs> contagion or something where it's like this hits too close to home still? Like I'm right. still traumatized from twenty twenty. Um, yeah, yeah. And I don't know, I guess like zombies, yeah. But I feel like one, I'm not a huge zombie person. Like I don't really love zombie movies 
unlike mm. you. Like, I liked World War Z, and I liked the book. Um, but, I like, I never watched The Walking Dead. I, well, but then again, I liked Warm Bodies. <laughs> Randomly, <laughs> but, like, random rom-com <laughs> about zombies. <laughs> but anyway, so I'm just, like, not a huge zombie person. And I forget that, like, zombies, like, will, like, you'll actually see zombies eating people. Like, it just freaks me out. And, like, again, oh, yeah. I just, I feel like the choice to have this old woman do it, like, that was a deliberate choice, and that was a mean choice, because it was very disturbing. I don't know. I just, old it was, people are it was already, Yeah, yeah. It was a good, it was a good show, and it kind of, looking back at it now, the opening episode, you, you do expect this sort of, like, gnarly destruction to come from these monsters, but then in actuality, oh, the real trauma of that episode is the soldier shooting um Pedro's yes. baby girl and um Fair him up, having right? to fight him off and like survive humanity right away like it's been 12 hours yes. since this disease has started to infiltrate the world and already it's like oh we're not going to risk it like just shoot them is the command from you know the oh, military yeah. or control or whatever and i think that's so interesting and that i think becomes that- like the central point Right, yeah, it becomes this whole arc of the show because I I remember talking about it with people at the beginning being like, oh my God, you need to watch the show. And they're like, mm, I'm not into zombies. Mm, it's too violent. It's too grotesque. And I'm like, no, here's what you need to do. Get through the first two episodes. Those two episodes yeah. are admittedly pretty graphic in terms of like <laughs> what the cordyceps do and stuff. Like, oh my God, yeah. Tess is death. We'll never get over yeah. that. Um, but yeah. then you hit episode three and you're like, wow, this is an amazing show. And then as the show goes on, you're right. Like the cordyceps really fall out of the picture and they're not as much of like the main event, but instead it's how like human nature takes over in different ways. And like that becomes mm-hmm. the real scary thing. Yeah. Um, and also like the real, like hopeful, beautiful thing. So it's like this really nice tension in the show and the cordyceps and like this apocalyptic like event is kind of just in the background yeah everyone's like day-to-day life I know because I I think a lot of people especially as the third episode aired were like if you like this sort of apocalyptic post-apocalyptic kind of humanitarian human like interest stories then Station Eleven is a great show and I agree with that I think Station Mm -hmm. Eleven is a really nice um like co-watch with this but I think that is part of the criticism of the last of us is sort of like well what does it really add I I was reading this interesting I think in the Guardian article where it's like this is a Mm -hmm. really well-made show it's a beautifully crafted film um, story they're able to do some really cool things with character and practical effects and you know all of it comes together in a really powerful way but at the end of the day it's just like what are they saying about something that hasn't been said already as far as like, you know, it's kind of a classic trope that the problem in a post-apocalyptic or even zombie or monster or alien scenario isn't the alien or monster or zombie itself, but more what we do to each other. And I think that mm-hmm. is like a fair criticism where it's sort of like, yeah, it's yeah. it's bare bones like patched together with with pretty standard tropes, you know, the the um mm-hmm. kind of creepy preacher. father figure who doesn't want to be there at first and the yeah. angsty teen who doesn't like 
she wants to believe there's something to survive for, but is there? And like, you know, the the pitfalls of society and like actually the criminal would be the people who survive this sort of thing. And you'd have perverts mm. running communes and all this sort of thing. <laughs> and it like is true, but I think mm. ultimately it feels like this mo- show did a good enough, good, did such a good job that it feels like I'm happy to like sit in these questions, even if they don't have any anything necessarily new to say. Yeah, I would agree with that. I hadn't considered that perspective that was that you just like articulated from the article. And I haven't seen Station Eleven, so I can't really like talk mm. to that. But I mean at the end of the day, like stories always do that. Like so many novels raise the same topic or the same question and yeah. you're left like thinking about still and so I think it has value in that you know I didn't watch station 11 but I watched this so it's gonna get out to like different people mm-hmm. so I think in that regard too it has value um that you can reach different audiences with different mediums even if you're still talking about the same like underlying themes and questions of morality but I do yeah. think that this show was like really well done and that yes it has like these similar tropes of like a male figure protecting like a younger woman and like the father-daughter dynamic um but I think what makes it special is that it like it did not shy away from telling more complicated stories and I do think that there is like pretty good I mean as a white woman I don't know if I can say this but like generally like good representation of different like body shapes like different colors different abilities like orientations and stuff and I I did appreciate like that Mm -hmm. about the story as well yeah 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 I think the game has a lot of diversity to it too that I've heard like obviously Ellie oh cool um is either bisexual or lesbian and um Mm -hmm. so yeah I think they had like their best intentions in building this world and honestly I will forever love and value any show that that presents practical effects because I think that is just like oh my god I know oh it's something that's like missing from a lot of movies these days or tv shows Mm -hmm. and like that doesn't mean that you know the cg and vx doesn't work for storytelling but it's just like there's something so one tangible for the viewer but also it says something to how much the creators care about it because it's more expensive it's slower in a lot of ways, it's more difficult because you have more people involved from like costume design, makeup design, the, in this situation, like the um, choreographer for these clickers, the different Mm -hmm. like ways they needed to find where to film and like how to get like this cross country um, appearance and all these different sets and, and dealing with weather and all that. And I think that's like some of my favorite stuff. And why Mm -hmm. (laughs) you and I have like watched the making of Lord of the Rings so many times (laughs) it's like it's so fascinating (laughs) to me to see how they do this so cool yeah and and you can tell like you can tell when something's CG versus not and there are some things that are CG in this show but so much of it is practical Uh that it's like almost like delightful to just sit there and watch it because you get to like pay attention to the details and it's not just blurred out like Marvel-esque screen green screen in the background yeah it was really cool watching I would recommend everyone to go and watch like the 30 minute like making of The Last of Us on HBO it was so cool just seeing how so much of what they did was like real effects like you know these 
torn up cities. They actually filmed that somewhere and they put all the moss down and had everything overgrown. And then on top of that, they added layers of like visual effects and CGI. And it was so cool to like see that. I will say that it was so obvious to me (laughs) that um, it was just like a green screen or LED screen of the Salt Lake (laughs) images. Like, (laughs) wow. It definitely was like the Salt Lake background. Like I really did appreciate that. You could like see the church office buildings and like the different hotels. Like it was very much Salt Lake's like background, yeah. but with the giraffe, I'm like, why didn't you get the giraffe from the Hogel Zoo in Salt Lake and film it? Why'd you do the Alberta Canadian <laughs> giraffe, you know? Like they and just walk out the note- Hogel Zoo giraffe to that, <laughs> to that empty field. Well, or, like, you can tell that, like, they didn't actually film in Salt Lake, it seems like. I mean, maybe they did. Maybe they did get, like, B-roll Girl, that is because it... you are hyper aware of Salt Lake. Yeah, But, like, they didn't actually film in any of these actual places. Like, Oh, my God. Jackson that Hole is so actually Jackson, Jackson Hole. Oh, my God. That was so <laughs> obvious to me. And, like, again, I know that, like... I have spent time yeah. in the West. I've been to Jackson. But, like, the second that those mountains showed up, I was like, no, these are <laughs> glacier mountains. Like, these are mountains in either, like, Canada or Alaska. Like, Jackson does not look like this at all. Um, and I was like, yeah, I bet this is, like, Canmore. And I was right. I felt so we proud go. of that. Like, yeah. I know. Because, it like, the mountains just look different. Like, <laughs> the mountains in Yellowstone and Jackson aren't really glacially Laura formed as much as, like, yeah, I do love mountains. And you can just tell that they're glaciers because they have more of a U-shaped feature than like a V-shape, which is defined by streams. Anyway. <laughs> very <laughs> It was cool. very beautiful, Fun though. Fact. Like, <laughs> Fun fact. Fun fact. Nerd alert. Um, <laughs> I will say in the Jackson scene when they like go into this compound, there was this one person. I saw this later on TikTok, but like there was this one person just like shoveling firewood like yeah. there was one log of firewood in the shovel and it's like <laughs> hilarious <laughs> to me it's just, it was like a funny detail yeah yeah, yeah. I will say no, I feel like the middle of the show oh sorry no go ahead what were you gonna say I was just gonna say the middle of the show kind of like lulled for me like mm, I didn't really connect too much with the Kansas City plot line Oh my gosh. I really liked, what's her name? Monica, what's her face? Melanie Linsky. Melanie Linsky. Yeah. Melanie Linsky. Like, I really like her, and I think she does an excellent job at being like this creepy, bloodthirsty person. Um, But, like, I didn't quite understand her anger or, like, the anger of the people who, like, um, had this uprising. Like, I. I didn't understand their motivation as much. And I didn't really understand the um, the two brothers, like, oh. their story as much. Like, I really yeah. liked them. And I liked how they, like, that dynamic and, like, the end of it is so tragic. Um, but, yeah. That well, let's, didn't, like, let's talk through it, right? So we have the okay, first yeah, episode. Please. We have the first episode. It's really just scene setting. We have that and then we jumped two decades ahead and Pedro Pascal is living in uh Boston Boston he's living in Boston he's he's got a side hustle you know he's not a good guy he's surviving he has his longtime partner but he realizes his brother might be in trouble wants to go out west and through a series of events is sort of um forced into helping the fireflies which are the um kind of 
like resistance group. resistance yeah <laughs> to the yeah. the small sort of government that's controlled these areas or terrorists um, yeah <laughs> this little these little um areas of safety that are kept under control of some sort of military style government and so the fireflies are this national underground organization that's trying to disband them and kind of save humanity so ellie is an right. immune girl she's been bit by a cordyceps and hasn't gotten sick and so they want to take her to a facility in salt lake too where they're where they're testing for a cure even though a cure to fungi yeah. does not exist sorry sorry um it's like but <laughs> yeah they don't know that it's been a tough 20 years i don't know maybe they just haven't thought that through they're just desperate but that's the setup yeah and so then the second episode is really about them getting outside of the city limits and it's another kind mm-hmm. of like classic um zombie survival series of events where they're attacked by a couple of zombies they're you know surviving running going for it and then a monster horde comes after them and it's like they're creepy it's scary it's very unnerving um the little clickers mm-hmm. running around the museum or whatnot <laughs> <laughs> and all through this episode joel is very much uninterested in ellie he's like you piss me off don't talk to me and then it ends yeah. with his partner, Tess, dying, or she gets infected, and she's Ugh. like, you have to do this for me. You have to save her. You have to take her there. And yeah. then she sacrifices herself to stop the horde. Oh, my God. So good. Yeah. I don't know why the, I don't know why the cordyceps made out with her first. I I guess that's a better way to yeah, go than, that like, part... nine on someone, but... I. Yeah, that was definitely just, like, a wanting to get you to react kind of vibe. But, like, I kid you not, I go to the grocery store now, and I see those, like, stringy mushrooms, and I'm like, uh, no, thank <laughs> like, you, never. not today. Never. Thank you, I'm traumatized. <laughs> yeah, it was just so gross, like, the tendrils coming out of their mouth and then just, like, going into her throat. And, like, can you just imagine yeah. how disgusting that would be to, like, go down your throat and then infect you? And then, luckily, she was smart, you Luckily, know, she and, was cooked. Um, she, she was, uh... it up. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, she, she like put all the pieces. gasoline out, and then I know the second yeah. though, when like her lighter wasn't lighting, I was like, oh my god, oh my god, no, oh my god, yeah. oh my god, no, 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 no. That was really I good. Know. But then episode three like completely shifts gears, and I was kind of like, I like remember googling like, did I miss an episode or something? Yeah. Like, what is happening here? Because we're all of a sudden twenty years back, back in twenty two thousand three, when everything is happening again, and you see. Well, actually, yeah, the way they set it up was really tragic because I think it actually starts mm. with Joel and Ellie walking yeah. and they see, like, this fabric. And he's like, yeah, this is what Fedra did. Like, they just rounded yeah. up people and shot them all. And yeah, you see this, like, like, fabric. For them. Yeah. Right, yeah. And then you, like, it, then it goes to a flashback and you see, like, this woman holding her baby wearing that dress. And you're like, oh, a shit. A black woman, well, I mean, yeah. Oh, darn it, yeah. Um, yeah, and then yeah, you see Some Nick people Hoffman. think Fedra was, like, like, racist and there's a joke later on that's like oh they're nazis they were you just think the government's literal nazis and they're like well they are and it's like i think that's part of it i don't know if that's in the game or anything but that's what people were reading into is that you don't you see a lot of fireflies and they're mostly all people of color and then the fedra police are pretty much all white people oh that escaped me but that also makes sense too with riley 
Ellie's yeah, like exactly. friend love interest, her being like, oh, but yeah. someone like me is not going to get that position. Interesting. Yeah, exactly. Wow, so that's not also really interesting too, because then the leader of like of Ellie's thing is East Asian, and he's like, you need to do this so you can get this. And then, wow, there's a lot of layers right there. Okay. <laughs> I was gonna go back write a research paper on the racial dynamics yeah. of The Last of Us. Honestly, very interesting. Yeah, seriously though. Um, yeah, but yeah, it, huh. it's it's a sad reveal that they carted up these people who were escaping this little sort of small town. You know, a couple corner stores. Where there hadn't really been cordyceps, apparently. I think it was like in the big cities, and so they were rounding people up to quarantine zones. Right, is what they were telling them. But the one guy who stays is Nick Offerman, um, and you realize he's sort of a doomsday prepper. He's been preparing for some sort of government, (laughs) yeah, assault, and so he's he's ready for everyone to leave him and him to live his solitary life, and so he sets up his own little like town basically with the gates and booby traps and he has his generator and you know he's living the high life honestly good for him I thought the episode was was gonna go I know I thought he'd lose everything and be really sad and frustrating but it turns out to just be this sweet little love story about a couple of gay guys finding joy in the end of times it was so precious I know like from the I, white lotus yes the wireless guy which i didn't <laughs> i really thought i recognized him from something but with the american accent like i couldn't place yeah. him um but yeah i remember being like really apprehensive in that episode at the beginning and i had to like google spoiler alerts because i was like <laughs> so help me god if this man murders him or like abuses him after having sex with him i will literally cry yeah. but no it just was again and again showed this like beautiful, long lasting, long term relationship between two old men. And it was just so beautiful. And like mm-hmm. their death at the end was just like I know. heartbreaking and just really sweet. And you can just tell how much like um Frank Nick Offerman's character. Oh no, Bill. Bill's Nick Offerman's character, like how much thought he had and how considerate he was of just saying like don't come in the bedroom and we yeah. left these windows open so that it wouldn't smell. Like it's just those little things were so sweet. And well, and it's like the, their like, little sacred space. It's like yeah, it's like there's no like reason to disturb them. Yeah. Yeah. And um like in the in little making of after that episode, Nick Offerman is kind of like, Yeah, Frank is the flowers and Bill is the soil and like together Aww. they create this like beautiful garden. It's like <laughs> I know and it's like they you know I think that's what's nice is like so much of a post-apocalyptic story is just the misery not only of surviving but just the type of people who are left and what they've been soured by and it's like survival often looks so you know miserable and grotesque and and even like having just witnessed Tess dying like Pedro Pascal's character just loses 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 and so it was kind of Mm -hmm. this nice breath of like fresh air and this kind of reminder that like if you're lucky you can still find something worth living for and that's sort of the message that Bill leaves um Joel right I don't remember how he phrases it but he's like some of us are just meant to be protectors and if you find someone to protect like just hold on to them and Mm -hmm. I think that becomes Joel's sort of turning point where he 
realizes not only is she, you know, valuable cargo, but is also someone who has like life left in them that reminds him of his daughter, kind of the pastimes and this hope or this determination. And, Mm -hmm. and he's like willing to dig in for her. And I think, you know, that was a nice little reprieve. Mm-hmm. And very sad. It was really nice. <laughs> yeah, it was. But not sad. for the reasons you'd expect in a zombie apocalypse. And for that, we're grateful. Because so even grateful. when and I really thought it was funny, clever how there's this, it sort of happens in vignettes. So you get like random chapters of right. their romance over 20 years. And at one point, Bill is shot and it cuts to someone in a wheelchair and you think oh it's him he's had a rough go of it since then but it's not and you're like oh (laughs) and it's like there's this turning of them taking care of each other um for different reasons and different ways and it's just like this partnership that's um built on this like not only love but kind of respect and understanding of each other's weaknesses and worries and um so yeah really great everyone loved it a lot of people think it's one of the best um episodes of television like ever slash this year a really wonderful story within a story yeah I thought it was just so well done and I would recommend anyone to just watch that episode like you don't it's really a standalone story and it's wonderful and it gives similar vibes obviously a little bit more dark background but of like David and Patrick and Schitt's Creek Where it's just, like, a very cute love story, a gay love story, and, like, the tensions of the relationship are not that they're gay. You know, it's just, like, normal, everyday tensions. Well, not normal, (laughs) You know, just your classic cordyceps and infestation. (laughs) You know, raiders, people trying to murder you. (laughs) It Um, happens. No, but I just thought (laughs) it was just such a sweet, good episode. And I loved it. And I loved – I know that, like, a few of my gay friends would, like, commented on it like it's so nice to see like old people in relationships because that's not something you see very often given like the attack on queerness all the time so that again I think was a really important like piece of representation to have in the media right now I think it was really a really powerful story for a lot of people so good and so I think maybe that's why like these next few episodes kind of were like wait, no, I want more of that. But instead I got like, again, the violence of <laughs> Melanie Linsky and like <laughs> the older brother and the little yeah. brother. And yeah. so maybe that was just like a stark contrast where it's like, oh, I wanted, I, yeah. I don't want this anymore. Because <laughs> it goes to, they're in yeah. like Chicago? Kansas City. Kansas City. Kansas That's City. right. They're in Kansas yeah. City. <laughs> um, they... The Midwest City. Yeah. <laughs> anyways it's like a two or three part episode in kansas city um where sort of through a series of unfortunate events joel and ellie lose their car and they're kind of on the run again and that's also when you realize that fedra had been had been taken over or taken down by this little encampment of people that's not the fireflies but rather the people just rose up and um kicked you know destroyed fedra took control killed a bunch of people mercilessly and um and so a lot of the tension is like obviously you want joel and ellie to get out but then you are introduced to henry who is a black man with his brother sam who is deaf and they're on the run from melanie linsky and at first it's not clear like 
is this good or bad? Like, is Melanie bad or is she just, you know, because Fedra's bad. And so then it's like, well, what's right. happening here? But I think what yeah. I ultimately liked is that, to Melanie Linsky's point, after she was sort of fat shamed for not being sickly skinny and ruling a city. Um, Wait, she's, what? You didn't see that? Some like, like some person tweeted. No, someone tweeted that it's like this person is surviving the apocalypse, like saying that she's fat and like shouldn't be, and also like, uh, <laughs> like why would they cast her? I don't remember the full context of it, but she oh, was just God. like, "What are you talking about?" Like, I'm first of all, like, congrats to me in the apocalypse, and also I'm I'm a leader not because I'm hot, but because I'm smart. So like, maybe watch yeah. the show. Also, like, sorry, all you skinny, I'm not going to swear, all you skinny people are going to die first because you don't have enough fat storage on you, whereas me, I'm going to thrive. Thriving in that apocalypse. Yeah. Um, Yeah. But I think what's interesting by the end of that story arc is that she's quote unquote one, like she's defeated the villain in her mind, but she's unable to move on because she's Mm -hmm. stuck in this like revenge plot because it turns out that Henry led to her brother's death and so instead of dealing with a you know zombie bubble that's about to burst in one of the buildings in their city (laughs) or like (laughs) figuring out like what to do now that Fedra's done she's just like no guys this is the most important thing and it leads to the complete and utter destruction of Kansas City which is Right. A cruel um, twist to our lady lead, but, you know. That is interesting. It's also, what'd you say? Women can be bad. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) On that note, though, it's like she does come across as just like such kind of like a little bit evil or like really vindictive. Like you don't find her compassionate at all. Like you don't have any empathy for her. And yet, like you constantly see Joel being like so violent and horrible doing like the exact same thing of just like really fighting for the people that he loves. But for some reason I'm like, no, you're okay. (laughs) Yeah. It's it's a lot to (laughs) wrestle with. It's an interesting uh, uh, conversation. Something to unpack there. (laughs) Yeah. Maybe something else is doing the thinking for me if you know what I mean. Yeah, no, I think it's Um, it is interesting because like that whole that tension's explored with Joel realizing Henry's an informant and he's like, I don't work with you guys. And he's like, Well, yes, you do. Like you're not a good guy either. So why am I worse? Because I used my resources to survive. And just because it's a different way than you did, like he Mm-hmm. He was ending up the reasoning was that he needed medicine for his brother, which again is right. a selfish choice. But that's like the point of the whole show is that people will behave selfishly to save the people they love. And that's just like, right, that's what's happening every episode, you know? Yeah. It seems like really the only person who's not selfish is kind of like Ellie in a way. Yeah. Like, Marlene can be seen as like definitely Mm. selfish like trying to control everything and then Joel being like selfish in a way like he can't lose this daughter figure again and like 
Yeah, all these people. That's interesting. That just popped into my head a little. Um, yeah. I think the ending of Kansas City, though, was like, it caught oh, me off guard so because, again, I forget about the cordyceps. And then all of a sudden, they're, like, rushing out. Like, oh, it was yeah. so good, actually. Yeah, so they're, like, they've come to this cul-de-sac. They're escaped Kansas City. But all of a sudden, they're getting shot at because someone is, like, on the outskirts. And they've notified, like, the main people who overcome Fedra to, like, come out and kill them. And, like, they take their whole little army to get these yeah. people. And Joel separated from Ellie and the two boys. And he's just, like going mm. into sniper mode just like watching out for ellie and that they're like there's this beautiful trust between ellie and joel where ellie knows that like joel is gonna like take care of her and she's just gonna run and joel is gonna like take care of the rest yeah. like it was oh, so well done um and there's a sad little girl then, cordyceps little baby oh my god i know so sad but like pretty gnarly yeah pretty I gross know. i did think i was like wow my nieces <laughs> <Yikes>. <laughs> But I do love that she, that little girl was the one to kill uh, Melanie's character because yeah. it was just really good, you know. I yeah. I this must have been part of the game, but like the big, like yeah, really giant cordyceps person, it just came off yeah. weird to me. That was like yeah, one thing that I would have changed because it just felt like really cheesy. Yeah. yeah. Um, and it was yeah, just I like, think that is stolen. It just reminded me of like it's a cave troll from Lord of the Rings, <laughs> like, kind of vibe, where, like, it just seemed weird to me. Yeah. Um, but, like, well, so horrific, all these, like, things I know. Out. Yeah, there was yeah. a lot of gore in that in that whole scene. Um, lots of people getting yeah. torn in half or something that I remember. Um, yeah. But then, ultimately, it ends too happily, because they all get away to the hotel, and Ugh. you're like, okay, this isn't going to go this way. And um, <laughs> you realize Sam has been bitten. And in the show, they make him deaf, which I think was interesting because it, again, highlights the dependency on, first of all, Henry surviving so that Sam's not left alone in a world where no one can communicate with mm -hmm. him. But also Sam yeah. needing Henry because there's no other way right. he could survive. And right. um, yeah. And I think it is, is so sad how Ellie, you know, you see that she's just a kid who wants to believe that she can save him. And so she just kind of like rubs her own blood on him, hoping that her blood contains the cure because that's the delusion oh God, that's motivating I her. I was also and like, then if you don't save him, you're like... going to kill him with that bad blood transfusion. <laughs> <laughs> like, yikes. I know, but Sam is like scared and he's like, I just what if you feel it when you change or whatever? What if you still feel the oh, same or something? And it's so yeah. sad. And then he attacks her in the morning. And and then Sam, yeah. Henry has to kill Sam, like almost just Ugh. instinctively. And that's brutal because then Henry's like devastated. And I think this was the yeah. more interesting game comparison because in the game, he's mad at Joel and is like, what would you do? Like, look at what happened. And then ultimately yeah. kills himself still. But in the show, all he does, all he says is, what did I do? And then, and then kills himself. And it's just like, <gasps> oh, oh, so God, brutal. Yeah. So brutal. And like, so traumatizing for Ellie and for Joel. And just like, so sad for him. Like, I know. I cannot imagine. Like, if I had to shoot you, I, I honestly, <laughs> I, I understand. Don't say anything on air. afterwards. <laughs> just kidding I didn't say anything yeah. but like just that like intensity of emotion and connection yeah. like that is just so 
sad. And I think like both of the actors did a really good job in like yeah. portraying that um those characters and oh man, it was just tragic. And then at the end with Ellie at like the funeral or like at his grave, just like leaving the little writing mat that um Stan yeah. used to communicate and she just said, I'm sorry. Just like, I know. Oh. I know. Yeah, it's so really sad. sad. Yeah. Then, and then it's tragic go... too that like Oh yeah. Go ahead. Just that like Ellie in her effort to like protect him didn't tell the others like what had happened because you know Joel probably would have killed him immediately um but then also would have given like um the brother more time to just like talk and hold him and stuff um but you know I guess with the context of like Riley and her later in the season you can like see like why she just like let him you know be there and she would be with him even though she felt yeah I know anyway then Then it jumps three months yeah, they've made it to the to the commune where his brother is. Those Turns out his brother's happy, communists. his brother's thriving. Yeah. Oh, wait, 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 wait. <laughs> we cannot go. Society. We have to talk a little bit about um, the native couple. It's so okay. funny because, like, me and my friend, um, she's native, and she was talking about, like, I'm just waiting for the moment in the show where, like, they go to the West and they run into, like, native people that are just, like, vibing and, like, doing just <laughs> fine. <laughs> And so Whoa. we were, like, texting during the scene. And, like, obviously not all the natives were just fine. Like, they destroyed the reservation and stuff. But yeah. just, like, the humor between the couple um, yeah. and, like, the way they spoke and their earrings and stuff. Like, it was just a very, like, lovely homage to, like, mm-hmm. a lot of, like, Western-based native tribes. Um, and it's, like, nice to see, like, it wasn't racist, you know? Like, it was yeah. just this one representation. Yeah. Like, it's the bargain is very low in terms of representation especially for like native people so that was that was like kind of nice um I know I thought they'd come back to see I know and Taylor my friend also wished they would have come back yeah I know (laughs) I know yeah we just but yeah um, yeah so it's just like kind of funny like we had had that conversation the next day like this was the opening sequence and stuff and Yeah, it was just funny. But yeah, then they finally cross the river. It's like brutally cold. And all of a sudden they're in Jackson, not Jackson. Um, <laughs> and you just see that like this family, like this community has like thrived. Um, oh, yeah. They have like Ran by a black woman. and like clothes. Yes, I know. Yeah. I love that. Thriving yeah. as a community. No ego involved. Right. They have it. I shouldn't say run by a black woman because I think they said they have a like team of people like a what is it called it's really egalitarian democratic yeah like a council or something (laughs) yeah yeah um I thought this would end up being shady I thought there was gonna be I thought there was gonna be something where they would go after Ellie and kill her or they like realize she didn't right and then like like I I kept expecting something shady but it really was more about Joel and his brother (laughs) so they're just like ha we're pregnant (laughs) yeah (laughs) Like Joel and his brother having to finally like talk about like Joel is this is the episode where he's having panic attacks which you know oh, nothing yes. but sympathy but also hilarious memes um of Pedro just like <laughs> leaning on things just looking sad wait I haven't seen those how oh, have you I have that side of Pedro memes no yeah oh my god like, I have to go find those because every time he has a panic attack he like goes somewhere and leans on something and just like clasps yeah. his head basically like just... <laughs> yeah his chest 
And so it's like a, it's really like a filler episode, which sounds bad, but it's, it's not filler in that, you know, they're getting from point A to point B, but it's also like Joel having to realize that he does in fact care for Ellie and doesn't want, cause he's about to abandon him to his brother to like help her get to the finals leg because he can't keep going. Oh yeah. And she's like, no, I need you. I only trust you. And, um, so then he shows up, they go and then he gets injured and then he gets almost killed. Yeah. 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 Because then we get the two penultimate episodes, I guess. One is the flashback episode. Well. Which one comes first? Oh, yeah. The two penultimate. Oh, look at you. The flashback episode comes first. So. Yeah. They, she, they like get to Colorado. um, And because that's where they, they thought that the fireflies were going to be. But then they find out later that. I don't know how they remember this. Find out. But somehow they went from Colorado to Salt Lake, which I'm like. (laughs) Those are a lot of mountains to cross. <laughs> but anyway, they get to Colorado and they're like looking around. There's just a bunch of wild monkeys, which would be so scary. I'd be terrified of those things. Well, that's um, all in the other like episode. These men that come. No, no, no. That's no, no, the no, no, end no. of the. This is all in the Jackson. Yeah. That's the end of the sixth episode with Jackson. Yeah. So I'm just yeah, setting the scenes like oh, okay, Dole gets okay, yeah. shot or stabbed or something really Stab. horribly. He ends up stabbed and she he ends up killing the person who stabbed him um which is an important plot point and then ellie like gets him on the horse they like ride their horse somewhere into this little suburban town um she gets him into the basement and he's like on his deathbed and he's like you need to go you need to get out here and you see her run up the stairs pause for a beat open (gasps) the door and then it (gasps) and then the next episode it all of a sudden goes back a flashback to her like it starts as a flashback she's back in the boston qz she's with vedra and she's like running laps and like a dingy yeah i mean this doesn't matter completely but the episode okay sorry starts... i like details <laughs> the episode <laughs> oh, starts okay. with her and him in the house so the episode before ends oh. with him falling off the horse dying and then it cuts to oh. they've made it to this house and that's right he's I like Google on his deathbed and she's like now and then, so it's not, so we have that lead into the, to the wow. flashback. Wow. I got that so wrong. Thank yeah. It's, it's me. fine. <laughs> I just wanted to do some quick fact checking. Um, so yes, people are coming thank out. You. Um, but yeah, the flashback episode, um, really good adds context again to the Fedra relations. She's living in some sort of like orphanage, which is also training grounds for, you know, Fedra officers, it seems like they want right. these kids who are have no one to protect them to just like, you know, maybe, maybe exploit, grow up a exploit, little bit. exploit. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And she seemed to have had one friend, one person, tough girl who looked after her who's been missing. And it turns out it yeah. is um oh, what's her Riley. name? Riley. Riley. Storm Riley. something. Yeah, yeah, but the actress's name and is Storm. Storm Reader, Storm Writer, Storm. I don't know. She's in like Missing, that. which is a good movie if you have the chance to see it. But, anyways, <laughs> okay, I'll do that tonight. I have no life. <laughs> Mustache men come at me. <laughs> Just kidding. <laughs> but anyways, um, they, she had been, she ran away, met up with the Fireflies. They're like, hey, you should join us. And then it turns out, like. She, the reason she goes back to Ellie and the reason she takes her on this adventure is because she's been given an assignment to go out into another city and like infiltrate that. And so it's meant to be a goodbye. But they have this like really sweet, playful 
romantic infused um exploration of this abandoned mall and you all know it's going to end bad because we've known that this is where she got bit this is where she saw someone die for the first time like this is where um she's captured by the fireflies who realize she's immune and so you know it's going to end bad (laughs) and it was really sad to watch yeah so sad yeah and you just like want to warn them and like (laughs) i know like, don't, don't go in the out. Halloween like, store. The there. Yeah. yeah, just don't do it. But it was so sweet and lovely. And then, like, it was really sweet finally to, for Ellie to be like, "Uh, why are you leaving me? That is so rude. I'm in love with you." And then they yeah. kiss, and it's just like so sweet and precious. But then all of a sudden, nowhere, out of nowhere, like Cordyceps comes, and it's like a terrifying sequence where they're like shooting and killing it and they eventually do kill the cordyceps but at that point they realize that both of them had been bit Uh, Um, and at this point ellie obviously doesn't know that she's immune and it's just like this really tragic moment where they both realize like (laughs) well shit we're both gonna like turn into these monster things and what do we do and like one of the easy ways out was they could have shot themselves But instead, Riley was like, no, like, we'll just hang on for, like, this little time that we have. And, like, we'll lose our minds together. And it was like, oh, that's so sweet. And then I'm really glad that they didn't show it. Except. It is. Yeah. Yeah, She has to watch her for go crazy and then kill her. And then she has to shoot her. I know. It's really sad. I'm so glad they didn't show that part and, like, just instead left it to the watcher's kind of imagination and having that, like, really sad tension there. Yeah. But yeah, so then you get that story and then it cuts back to her and Joel in Colorado and her being like, no, I'm going to fight for this. And then, yeah. Um, and then yeah, then I the don't really know. She tries sewing him up and stuff. Oh, my, also, I, I think that the penultimate episode is my favorite episode. Other really than like the queer love story. Yeah. Because, um, so yeah, she yeah. goes hunting and shoots. Yeah. Yeah, because she's going hunting to get some food and then runs into this guy who we're introduced to in the beginning where it's like you realize that he's running this little town and it's not doing well. It's like the polar opposite of the communist commune. (laughs) And he's this creepy preacher. There's like a lot of Jesus imagery. There's some sort of sign that's like he will provide. And so it's not good vibes. Yeah. It's not good vibes. Not good um, vibes. <laughs> and like they're reading the Bible and this girl is like sobbing. And she's like, I need to bury my dad who turns out to be the person that Joel killed and that yeah. had tried to kill Joel. And he was like, we're not going to bury him because the ground is so frozen. And me in my naive mind, I was like, that makes sense. And then I was like, wait, oh, actually, girl. what happens when people die in the winter? And then I started Googling like cemeteries and like what happens like how do you like oh dig through this like horrible stuff <laughs> i was immediately anyway, like oh so they're gonna the eat whole him scene. i yeah no that did not cross my mind <laughs> dang okay see that didn't even cross my mind when like you see them eating dinner later i was like oh they had the elk so, like i don't get what the big deal is with this no because they like, didn't have weird. the elk at that point because she was still holding on to the elk until they got the medicine right and she's like what meat is this and i was like who cares what if it's squirrel meat or like girl (laughs) i was done but i definitely caught up on like the creepy he's a rapist predator kind of vibe like instantly like so disgusting did he have a mustache horrific i don't think so let me Mm. google because that would be a good i don't i don't 
of a creep mustache. <laughs> Pretty, yeah. <laughs> well, also, if you're a predator, don't reach out to me, please. Thank you. <laughs> but, but no, um, this also is- a sidekick is who played Joel in the video game, right? Oh, yeah, that's right. Yeah. Yeah. Cute little homage. Anyway, um, yeah. yeah. So she kills the elk or the deer. I don't think it's an elk, but um, then she runs into these guys and um, his sidekick is like, we need to kill her. And then the other guy's like, no, it's going to be fine. And like tries to get her all like warmed up and like brings her into this barn and they have a fire and they're just chit-chatting. And then all of a sudden he's like, I know who you're with. I know that you're with this man that tried to kill one of her own. And like justice is going to be served on him, you little mother effer. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I think actually, I think that's when we realized that that's who had died. Because I don't know. No, he definitely says it to Ellie and then she gets scared. And no, she's I like, know, pointing I know. A gun that's at what him. I'm saying. That's what I'm saying is I think oh, okay. we find out at the same time as Ellie that, oh, this is the group of people who Joel killed one of them at the at the university. It doesn't matter. The point yeah, is yeah. Um, that she gets the medicine, runs back to Joel, just like, I don't know what to do with this, shoots it straight into the woods. Oh, my God. I know. Fingers I was like, oh, that doesn't seem right. Words. And then she has like, yeah, she has like a day and a half or something to kind of hope he revives himself. But in the meantime, is captured by them. And right, and then like all of a sudden, Joel has superhuman strength and like can overcome this because he's so fueled by his desire to like protect Ellie. Yeah, women have been known to lift cars off of children. Okay, (laughs) while they've been shot in the stomach and incapacitated for days. (laughs) Like, I don't know, girl. It was a mere jab in the gut with a stick, okay? It was just a little bit of a flesh wound. Yeah, it was a nearly flesh, it was a flesh wound. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, honestly, that, that... Go ahead, you may proceed. (laughs) Did you see the theory that they were going to shoot Ellie not for revenge, but to protect him from, to protect her from their pedophile leader? Because, like, the guys round her up, they get to her first, and they're like, let's just shoot her. And they're about to shoot her, but then the guy comes around, and he's like, excuse me? (laughs) We are taking her alive. (laughs) I would not give I know, that's what I thought. Um, I was like, if they're going to kill somebody, why wouldn't they just, I don't know, kill the rapist and the cannibalist, you know, like, a cannibal. I think they were like, let's eat her instead of, Mm. you know. But anyways, the point is she's alive. I think they were just like vindictive little dicks. (laughs) Yeah, no, they're very short-sighted. And I think that was an interesting um, coin flip to the commune and how they came together and are able to survive winter and are able to thrive. And they are celebrating life and like finding joy and and being able to re, you know, feel comfortable having a child in this world or whatever. And then you have this group of people who are all fearful, all starving, all waiting on this one figure to save them and not being able to like stand up or say the dark parts out loud where it's very clear that some people know that they are eating humans but they're like not willing to really I don't know risk whatever little safety they have or whatever and then you get the whole speech from the guy where he's like yeah I'm not actually religious but like this ended up being a way I realized I could lead like I realized and you're like, oh, oh I know God. this exact person who would survive exactly. like a cockroach. Like just yes. – and they are able to like just get this power and like 
build it up and use whatever tools necessary to convince people to keep them in power. And it's just oh like, God, mm, yuck. And so Rob disgusting. up until like, he was like, I was like, ew, this guy is a creep. He's trying to sleep with this child. And Rob was like, I don't think so. I think he's just like being like friendly. <laughs> <laughs> And then he, like, touched her hand through the bars, like, 10 seconds later, and he just, like, gave me this side eye, and I was just like, "Mm, (laughs) told ya. (laughs) And freaking told ya. Just disgusting. The second an old man is talking to a teenager, I was like, we're (laughs) equals. You and I, we're the same. I'm so intrigued by your intellect. Like, like red flag should be going off and like honestly the first second the way that he was reading the bible in the beginning and he talked to that little girl and the wife and like then when he talked to ellie in the cabin i just like my whole face this entire time was just like a nasty like gross face because it was just like he was so disgusting and he just you know people like him you know like he just gives off really creepy youth pastor vibes where like they're just like so like such like they reek of misogyny and they just like know that they're like sexist and like predatory and it's just disgusting yeah Yeah. gross and that scene though like when she's in this like you know joel goldberg style of cage and he's like talking to her and um then she just like breaks his fingers and she's like yeah go tell them that like a little girl broke your fingers i was like yeah yes <laughs> yeah and then he yeah. still goes for it because he's a little freaky creep and oh it's God, just yeah. like men 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 are trash and she has to fight him off in a freaking flaming building while he still is determined to prove his own self-worth through the only way he knows how which is through in- inflicting pain in the name of power and like proving something yeah. to himself Absolutely yeah. wrong behavior. Disgusting. And she so bashes idiotic. his head in. She absolutely destroys oh my God. him. She I don't like, remember stabs what. him repeatedly. Oh, yeah. No, nice. she yeah. stabs him. Because he, like, brings her in and, like, he brings his little sidekick. And they're like, oh, look like me. It's back on the menu, boy. Yeah. <laughs> like, tries to, like, tie her down. And then she takes this giant butcher knife and, like, shoves it into the artery of the guy. And he, like, oh, slides yeah. down the wall. And then, like, the pastor dude is like, oh, you effing bitch. And yeah. then she's like, ah, I got a run. And then she, like, is locked in this building. And then she starts, like, she throws a flaming piece of wood and just, like, creates this place that's going on fire. And it's just, like, so good because it's, like, kind of this imagery of hell and stuff. Yeah. And, like, fighting her. And he's, like, trying to fight her. It's, like, this game of cat and mouse. It's disgusting. And then he, like, pins her down. And she spits at him. And he's like, oh, don't you know I like it when they fight? <laughs> and like, oh, you disgusting bastard. And then she, like, finds a knife and, like, just stabs him and then just, like, repeatedly stabs him. Yeah. So much so that I'm, like, okay, makeup, she would have been so covered in blood. <laughs> like, she has a cute couple well, little... he's wearing coats and stuff, so maybe it was harder to get through on some of those, you okay. know, pokes. Okay. Um, yeah, I guess I, I don't have personal experience, so... Yeah. <laughs> you're right. But then... Oh, and then at the same time, you're having, like, the montage of Joel, like, fighting yeah. and going through and like seeing these hanging bodies like butchered cows and it's yeah. just like Joel so went horrific. full Jack Bauer and like tortured the location out of oh, some yeah. people 
and it's like you get it (laughs) yeah totally even though it's exactly what melanie linsky did i mean she was more manipulative where she's like of course you'll be fine like i'm gonna free you guys you just have to tell me (laughs) and then she's like no of course we're not gonna save him go shoot him in the face Yeah, she's like, why are you so stupid? God. But the, I think it's like, I think it's telling that the worst thing Ellie survived was this man because she gets out of there so shell-shocked, so traumatized, not because like, you know, like, oh, her innocence has been ripped from her, but more that she's like so, she seems so overwhelmed by her loneliness in that moment where she's like, she doesn't have anybody to make her think life is worth it. You know, she watched her friend die. She's seen people sacrifice themselves left and right around her and all for what? So people like this creep get to live and like survive. And Mm -hmm. she's just like, Mm -hmm. you know, alone in the world. And then Joel comes around and she's like, Hey baby girl. I watched that scene so many times, like, just him saying, like, oh, it's okay, baby girl. I was like, oh, my God. It's so sweet. And, like, in that moment, she was just, like, so traumatized. Like, she just had this, like, violent death. And, like, you know that, like, she stabbed him so much more than needed to be done to just kill him. Like, she was getting off all this rage. And I think that was, like, also a changing point for her, like, that character. And then to come and just, like, be held by this dad figure. It's like, it's okay, baby girl. And just yeah. like, oh, my God, this heartbreak. Mm. And then we get to the final episode. Yeah. Which, okay, my qualm is I, I hate a nine-episode season. It just feels wrong to me to end on an odd <laughs> number. Like, make it an even 10, okay? Or an even 8. But yeah, or 22, you like, know? Just make yeah, it Yeah, exactly. <laughs> But the nine is just like it is gross. Random. I hate it. I know. I don't like it. Yeah. I I felt like kind of disappointed by the final episode. Same. Yeah. I think I'm glad you feel the same. Yeah. It was like I think it started off strong. It has a flashback to Ellie's mother, which is played by the actress who played Ellie Ooh, in yeah. the video game. And that was good. um She's, like, pregnant, running from this cordyceps. She's headed back to her home, but no one's there. And so she's trying to, like, give birth while this cordyceps is on her and eventually tax her. And then you realize... Which I'm like, um, I haven't given birth, but that seemed to go very quickly and uh, very smoothly and not a lot of fluids. (laughs) Well, I mean, she was running while in labor, so we have no idea how long she's been in labor. That's true. And then she collapses. She's in trauma already, and I'm pretty sure your body is just like, it's like, get it out, everything. Get it out. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Baby over, get and, out of here. <laughs> and so the twist is that she's bit as she's delivering. The cordyceps is probably infected the daughter through the umbilical cord. And so gross. she's like sitting there and then she is holding the baby, but she can't feed the baby. And I hate crying babies so oh, much. It I just know. like gives me this like horrible trauma response. <laughs> you're like I am too tired for this (laughs) but then the twist is that Marlene who is the firefly leader from the original episode in Boston is the woman who had been living with um, Ellie's mom and goes there and is like sorry we were late realizes what's happening Ellie's mom makes her promise to take care of her baby make sure she's safe take her to Boston get her safe and like kill her and she does all that oh, horribly 
and because, kill her. Yeah. <laughs> Because Ellie ends up in this orphanage. I don't remember if Ellie and Marlene knew that they knew each other. You know what I mean? Like, I didn't go back and Marlene definitely did. Well, I know Marlene Marlene knew her. But did she say, did she tell Ellie? I know your mom, I think. Oh, she did? I think she did, but I don't think Ellie knew until that moment. And I definitely don't think Ellie knows how she died. Yeah. Um, Which, like, yeah, Marlene's never going to tell her that. Yeah, clearly yeah. not because they get to Salt Lake or not Salt Lake, according to you. And <laughs> and Joel wakes up after being attacked by these, you know, military guys. And Marlene's there. Yeah. He's like, thanks for bringing Ellie. You can go now. Yeah. <laughs> and he's yeah, like, it was, hold up. Like, that was the most frustrating thing to me. I'm just like, things could have been so different had Marlene, you know, T- taking them in and been like, oh, Ellie, here you are. Joel, here you are. Here's what our plan is. Because Ellie was already like, Joel was like, dude, we don't need to go through with this. Let's just go back to Jackson and call it good. And she's like, no, I am going to sacrifice myself, basically. Or like, I'm going to like, see this through. And I need you to like, support me in that. And Joel was like, fine, I'll help you. But then they get taken and all of a sudden they're separated. And so instead of Ellie being able to like, placate Joel... He's just, like, all of a sudden on alert, being like, oh, my God, where's Ellie? Like, I need to take care of her. And Marlene's like, it's fine. It's fine. She's getting brain surgery by a veterinarian. Like, everything will be okie dokie. And Joel's like, the F it won't be. Yeah. And I'm just like, Marlene, you're so dumb. You could have you could have done so much better. <laughs> yeah. Marlene was not thinking. And I think that um, um, the game has a sequel that adds more context, blah, blah, blah. But at the heart of this final episode is sort of this moral question of like what's the right answer here because the they're like we're going to put her under and take the cordyceps from her brain (laughs) and then we'll be able to duplicate that and create a cure for everyone that's their pipe dream that's how they present it uh did i find out that the doctor was a veterinarian yes (laughs) did i also realize that you could have read a 2003 textbook and realized that that's not how cures work yes um (laughs) how would they duplicate it why would they kill their one you know their one person who's immune i don't know why didn't they start with a biopsy a tissue biopsy exactly uh yeah there's some questions i would have but in the heat of the moment joel realizes he's being escorted out and doesn't really have quote unquote an option and Mm. they say don't worry we didn't tell ellie she'd be dead she went in with no fear (laughs) She's totally she's fine. She's drugged. Um, she's and totally so Joel goes absolutely bananas and <laughs> destroys everyone in the facility. Uh, it's very much like it feels like a video it game. It is a massacre. Yeah, yeah, it's very much like first-person shooter style. He's yeah. just going through. The music is so quiet. It's like so dark. Like it's like, yikes. You don't want to be yeah. on Joel's bad side. <laughs> No, and like I think they did a good job portraying where it's like it's not that he didn't have a choice, but it definitely felt that he was in some kind of like trance or like trauma response or like he was not thinking and he was just like fully focused on one thing and that's to get Ellie. Yeah, he was like enough is enough. Taking people out. Yeah, yeah, he's like I'm not reasoning with them. I'm not protecting these people who would like he's only seen people. The people he loves destroyed by people who claim he should care more about them. And right, so it's like, like why, what does he picture. owe to these people? And he's just like, no, I'm done. Like, 
this is the person, this is my person, this is my journey, this is my Frank, like I'm going to do everything to protect her. And so he goes a little cuckoo and kills everyone. And I just love that the doctor's like, you're going to have to go through me. And he has like this tiny little scalpel. Yeah. (laughs) And Joel just like shoots him in the head, which like, yeah, gross, but it was, it was kind of a funny. Yeah. (laughs) My one qualm is that Uh he then proceeds to lie to Ellie. Ellie wakes up in the back of the car and she's like, what happened? And you can tell that she's immediately distrustful when he starts to say, like, oh, there were raiders. (laughs) Right. He was the raider. And um, (laughs) everyone died. And he's like, what? He's like, two truths Did people get hurt? Did people get hurt? And he's like, yes. (laughs) (laughs) He's like, yeah. Like, Um, well, there were a lot of deaths. Yeah. (laughs) Um, I'm going to use passive voice so you don't know who caused the death. Yeah. now just go to bed, sweetheart. Yeah. Bye-bye. And um, he's yeah. clearly, like, in the survival mode. And I feel like that's where I, like, lost it. It seemed like it was, like, meant to be, like, he lost all – he kind of, like, seemed to go into the psycho- psychotic break where it's, like, this is my daughter. I have to protect my daughter. And he kept, like, right. bringing up his daughter. He kept, like, talking in this yeah. sort of, like, dead voice where it's, like, instead of seeing her as some sort of – not equal, but like partner. It was suddenly like very, very fatherly, and like I don't know. It it you mean felt in the like car? Was shit. Or like when they're hiking? Yeah, like the way he I feel engaged like when they were hiking. Yeah, I feel like when we were hiking, it felt like it was maybe like a cathartic moment for him, where all of a sudden he's like, "Oh my god, I'm a dad again," and I'm like, "I have this daughter." And yeah. it felt like there was this hierarchy now where he's like, oh, my gosh, you would love my daughter because we hike all the time. And, like, she's funny. You're funny. You guys would get along. Yeah. Whereas before, I felt like it was more like, I love you. You're my daughter. <laughs> and, like, we're also equals. And, like, let's hear some stupid puns. Yeah. Where, like, now it just felt like she was kind of, like, babyfied a little bit. Yeah, exactly. And yeah, it was weird. It was a weird change. And just at the very end, she's like, swear to me. And he was like, yeah, yeah, I swear. <laughs> and and- like. I don't think she believed him. Like, I think it cut to her just being like something broke in her because now this one person she thought she could trust is the person lying to her. And so you can tell like like, this relationship fractured and neither of them can put it together, but neither of them is going to like do the work to like acknowledge it, you know? Yeah. Which is just like, you know what? And it bums me out. People disappoint you. No, it really bums me out because I don't think, like I read some spoilers about how the season two goes, but I just, (laughs) it's a bummer how, like regardless of, you know, the actual like physical storylines, it's more like, it was almost like a hopeful story. Like even him slaughtering a bunch of people to save her, it's like you get it. And you understand it because on a visceral level, again, you would selfishly save the person you love most in a world that's so broken. But it's like the last 20 minutes of that story just gave me the major ick where it's like he should have respected her enough to tell the truth and to treat her like an adult who could realize like, yeah, that wasn't a good situation. Maybe we can find a better way to solve this, to use my like immunity somehow. And right. instead, it's like he just infantilized her, 
and yes. no longer saw her as an individual capable of making choices for herself, but mm-hmm. instead saw her as this little treasure he had to save for his own selfish reasons, like for his oh own. Oh my God, yeah. And it's just like, I didn't like it. It seemed like incredibly paternalistic in like a yeah. bad way. Yeah. Which like paternalis- paternalism is like usually always bad, but like it wasn't like a nice parental relationship anymore. It all of a sudden was like very icky as like everyone has always experienced and especially women of just being like seen all of a sudden as like less than or like not capable of making your own decisions and like like very macho of like I have to protect you even though you don't want my protection (laughs) it's like guys chill out like calm down I know and it felt kind of like unreasonable because all throughout the show she'd been able to be reasoned with like she she got it like she caught on quick like when Sam died when right when whoever was killed like she understood that like sometimes life turns out badly and I think like right his fear was that she would want to be that she wouldn't forgive him for murdering everyone or that yeah. she would want to go and and find more people to like establish a cure but I think you sit down and you process that enough you start to realize the gaps in that logic and it would have been easy to convince her that they're not ready for a cure and also just read any book on fungi and there is no cure (laughs) right totally like you it's sorry this is just your world now you gotta deal with it yeah (laughs) you know Yeah, yeah I know I I it was really sad so in my mind, the episode, the season ends when he's like, baby girl. Yeah. <laughs> the previous episode, you know, like, you know, that's a perfect yeah. ending to season one. Yeah. Season two could have started with Salt Lake, you know. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, because I just think it's, like, sad when this relationship you're rooting for sours. And maybe that's the point of the game or whatever. But I think circling back to why Station Eleven felt so fresh and inventive in a, you know, pretty overdone genre is that it ultimately was about like what motivates humans and it felt like it took a lot right. more of a like optimistic approach I guess I'd say whereas mm. the pessimism is there like you don't have you there's a lot of defeatism there's a lot of hopelessness but I think if you believe that people can come together and like truly I don't know make connections that are real and deep and worthy then you find meaning right. in in the worst of of places but here it was just kind of like yeah. oh man he really fucked that up didn't he like he really <laughs> biffed the land in there so and it's like, just um, like yeah <laughs> i just wish he'd yeah i don't know i don't know what i meant to feel i guess it just feels kind of like oh well we got here but kind of disappointing i know and then it ended like that like yeah I wish, too, maybe they had even, like, gotten to Jackson and, like, had that conversation because then she would have been, like, with other people. I don't know. I just felt like it felt kind of weird with them just ending on the trail, still, like, pretty far from Jackson and, like, <laughs> having that conversation and then it just ended. Like, it, it was definitely kind of, like, the final episode was not as good as I was hoping it to be, but overall, yeah. the whole season was really well done and I think it well, it's weird that it's, like, so... Questions. Yeah, but it was so, like, built on, like, love that it felt kind of, like, it felt kind of rude to, like, take that away from us, like, to root, to break that. Yeah, right that's at the true. End. Yeah. To kind of be like, haha, like... people actually suck and they're always going to lie to you. <laughs> <laughs> 
I think it's more like, oh, these people are imperfect and it's like a struggle and like, what would you do, you know, when faced with this moral no. dilemma? But I think the fact that the moral dilemma had so many gaping holes in its logic, it makes the answer pretty obvious that it's like, she shouldn't have died for that. It would have been for nothing. Maybe oh, yeah, he could have totally. handled it differently. But more than that, they could have communicated differently. And it's like Marlene was selfish yeah. to try and say that he was selfish. And all these people have oh their God. own motives that are all really understandable. But at the end of the day, she's proven herself to be someone capable of understanding that. Yes. Yeah, I, that's a good point. And I feel like the way that the show was the ended, it like really did infantilize Ellie, which was kind of a huge disservice to her whole character arc and to all the other characters yeah kind of like simplified yeah all of these issues um, well I think it is yeah, interesting and that, that she didn't believe him because that does make it clear that right. she is her own character and the thing that disappoints her the most is that he no longer sees that he's the one who's infantilizing yeah. her but I don't think the creators are like see she needed saved it's more like he yeah, went yeah, too yeah. far and got lost in his own like desperation yeah. to not repeat history and lose someone to do you think that he knows that she knows like they're all just having this like yes thing or do you think he's delusional enough to be like okay good she believes me <laughs> i'm a great liar no i think they both know that something's like broken but they're in denial about like yeah. acknowledging it yeah it's like let's not talk like about he's it. just like hard. dead inside there's something about him where he's like yeah i, I promise to you and it's just like okay angel you're just being a big old baby right now <laughs> yeah I think it's like something where he thinks he needs to get her to Jackson and then they can deal with it type thing like that's the vibe is like yeah. he's hoping that yeah oh with enough time and distance he'll she'll forgive him or like they'll they'll be able to forget about this mm -hmm. little blip and it's just like mm -mm -mm. yeah also like a walk from Salt Lake to Jackson would take a they very drove long most of the way remember Oh, yeah, Mom yeah, and Dad right, brought the right. same thing up, and they were in a car for an undiscovered <laughs> amount of time. And then he says, well, God is close enough. It'll be about a five-hour hike. Yeah, okay? no, I remember okay? that, yeah. I, I do remember that now. I'm sorry. I'm just saying I wasn't – I was just going to say that for context of, like, they had a lot of time to talk, oh, which, like, yeah. they still did in Maybe. the um, in the car. Like, yeah. that's at least, you know, a five-hour drive. Yeah, Probably well, and I think in the game more you can, fun. like, explore the room or something, and there's, like, papers that show they've tried this before and it hasn't been successful. So it felt like they could have done mm -hmm. something. Like, I don't know why the game chose to end the way it did because, again, it just feels kind of like a, a fizzle rather than a mm -hmm. triumph, and maybe that's their message right. of, the, of the sad story, but it's just, like, there were so many ways for him to talk about it that it would have worked out differently, and I think that's just always going to frustrate me as a viewer. Yeah, definitely. I agree. Like, I at the end of the day, like, there's no question that Joel should have talked to her and, um, like, told her everything. Like, that, it, to me, that seems like a a non-issue. Like, I don't understand how anyone could think otherwise. I know. <laughs> you know? <laughs> like, yeah, like, she's not a four-year-old. Obviously, <laughs> talk to her. Yeah. Yeah. She's not. And even if she was, there's a way to, like, talk about it, you know, in an age-appropriate way. And be like, <laughs> Daddy did some bad things. <laughs> yeah. <hurt> some people. <laughs> Yeah. And honestly, if he was going to lie, he could have just been like, well, listen, I stole you, but listen, they were going to do some dumb stuff to you and they were clearly not skilled. And I wouldn't be surprised if that guy didn't get a medical degree. Like that's, he could have just said that much <laughs> yeah. and it would have been like, oh, okay, yeah. <laughs> yeah. But anyways. Like, 
yeah. <laughs> this this episode has gone on long enough. Like we obviously really like this show and it's great. Um, yeah, it was wonderful. Ten out of ten. Recommend anyone to watch it and listen yeah. to the clickers be like. <laughs> yeah, it was fun. It was good. It was really well made. Um, I think everything yeah. about it. Like we'll definitely see more of it as award season comes back around for TV. Definitely. I I'm hopeful for season two, but they've also said that they see this, you know, continuing past the game. So that's always a little red flag yeah. for me. Um, totally. But I think they've proven themselves to be really invested in the world building. So I can see there being some fun, but hopefully this isn't the next Walking yeah. Dead. Um, in right, any case, I hope, you know, maybe like. <laughs> three-season show or something. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and if they're going to add but something else maybe. to the show, <laughs> yeah, maybe they can rewrite season two. But um, thank you for yeah. thank you for doing this, Laura. Uh, always a pleasure. Oh, my gosh. Love it so much. <laughs> so fun. Um, Do we need, like, rapid-fire questions, though? Is that a thing? Oh, my gosh. No. Have you listened to the show in the that last year and a half? We haven't done that in, yeah? like, two years. Yeah. Do you have no, a rapid fire question right. for me? Yeah. Okay. So just would you rather there. take on mushroom mushroom folks or zombies? <laughs> 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 Not a good question. I thought I had to do this, but no, you okay, don't. You don't have I'm to do it. No, you're not embarrassing. Right. It's fine. Um, it's a good reminder. I said Maybe I'm Matt embarrassed. That back to not us. Embarrassing. I know. I I I guess I'd rather deal with zombies because it seems like it's over and done differently. You know. Yeah. This is a serious question, though. Which video game do you think should become a movie next or a TV? Girl, show? I don't know any Personally, video games. I'm like Monkey Ball. I want to <laughs> see that. <laughs> It's ridiculous you do not want to see that that would be so dumb the game itself is so dumb uh, i don't even know what story they would create so from that um <laughs> i know you have to get across the ocean with these like parachutes and your monkey <laughs> well, we'll okay but, yeah right. I have mario mario party question. mario bros anyways is that really a movie that's coming out and it wasn't just an snl skit it's chris pratt it's an animated film Oh, okay. Mario. That's different then. Super yeah. Mario. Mario Brothers. Okay. Mario. Luigi. I don't know what it's Okay, called. you can stop saying Mario. Anyways, <laughs> okay. um, Matthew Amy. is back in the US of A. He will be <sighs> back in this podcast if he can figure out his time zones or something um, next week. What a baby. <laughs> what a baby. Um, listeners, if you enjoyed me, which you definitely should have <laughs> enjoyed me, please let Shelby know so that I can come on here more regularly. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> We appreciate any feedback. You can find us on uh, PSU Wrong on Instagram. Send us an email at PSUWrong at gmail.com. I um, have not been on social media for the last week, and I will not be on this social media for the rest of this week because I'm avoiding spoilers of the Taylor Swift Eras tour. So I will promote this episode, but I won't be reading DMs. (laughs) Okay, so you can DM me at Lars Boyer. Um, and I will share all the information with Shelby. Um, your you are your handle is Laura Boyer. It's Lars Boyer. Oh, Lars Boyer. Okay. Yeah. At Lars Boyer. Anything else you'd like At to promote? At Lars Boyer. Um, I mean, you already promoted my love of mustaches. Yeah. So yeah. I think At we're Lars good Boyer, on that. Mustache. Front. Yeah. East Coast. If you're over here, I'm unfortunately <laughs> on this side of the country. <laughs> Just kidding. We live here. <laughs> 
um other things to promote no that's it okay perfect well thank Mm -hmm. you for coming and um to everyone listening we will be back next week bye